You're muted, Taylor. <laughs> Still muted. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Woo. We're not editing that out, Kevin. So screw you. Hello, everyone. <laughs> my name is Taylor. I'm joined by my co-hosts, Brianna and Sam. And you're listening to No Limits, a PlayStation podcast. Remember, you can find this podcast over on YouTube.com slash Save the Game Media every Tuesday. And while you're over there, make sure to subscribe to the channel. If you'd rather listen to the audio, we're on all your favorite podcast services and would love to have you stop by for a five-star review. It helps us grow with the algorithm. If you'd like to interact more with us, including sending in questions, join the Discord with the link down in the show notes below. And finally, if you want to support us and get early access to all Save the Game Media content, head over to patreon.com slash save the game media and choose the tier that's right for you. Just like your current patrons did, Bucky Blue, Hopple, Packatom, SAZ, Fabulous Brianna, my fellow co-host, and Brianna's mom. Go to patreon.com slash save the game media. Once again, check it out. Links in the show notes. And you can also check us out on youtube.com slash save the game media. So uh, with that said, guys, how you doing? I'm chaotic. <laughs> We're bringing chaotic energy this uh, week. Yeah. And I'm all, all for day. it. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. Thank you for asking, Taylor. I'm a little bit little bit tired, as I said before we started recording. But um, you know, as we as we discussed being here with you guys, it's it's never a bad time. So I'm ready to go. Oh, thanks. So have you been playing anything outside of your IGN playbook? No, it's it's mainly just been Digimon Survive, unfortunately. Wow. Um, I heard that game <laughs> It's it's okay. It's it's nothing special. It's it's all right as a visual novel. Um, the combat stuff is is pretty dreadful. The only things I have slightly dabbled in um, is I've tried to start uh, a new playthrough for God of War to get ready for Ragnarok, um, and I've also tried tried out just a little little bit of Rollerdrome, um, the one of the new releases, one of the new indie releases. So nice. that's what I've been playing. Cool. How about you, Bri? How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Like I said, a little bit chaotic this morning. Um, what makes it chaotic? I definitely woke up when I told you guys I woke up. And I didn't go back to sleep for 30 minutes because my cat mm -hmm. laid on me. Mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, like I had to do my whole shower routine, which is like a chore, as I've expressed in the Discord. <laughs> I, I've, there's so many steps. There's so many steps. Anyways, and then there's the post-shower stuff because then you have to put lotions on. It's a lot. So yeah, so chaos. I was just like rubbing lotion like everywhere. I was like, oh my God, I gotta go. <laughs> but that's just how I live. Like no matter what's happening, it doesn't matter if I'm on time, if I'm late, like I, that's just how I live. So yeah, that's what, that's what, um, like that's how I'm doing as far as like emotionally. Well, you're chaotic um, good. You, All right. yeah. <laughs> yeah, always. Um, as far as video games, I've kind of been like jumping around a lot. Um, okay. I tried antechamber a little bit. Um, I that? tried. Um, it's like a. It's almost like a Stanley Parable kind of thing, but like mm. kind of mixed with Portal e elements Ooh, a little bit, weird. except for like not the like teleporting, just more of like the gun aspect, like where you have like a gun that's like kind of helping you with mechanics, if that makes sense. Um, so I that made me like I'm really motion sick, but I keep jumping into it anyways. <laughs> I'm like, I like get so like violently sick and then I'm like, okay, I gotta go do something. And what the cure is, is always League of Legends. I don't know why. 
Um, but whenever mm. I get motion sick, I play League of Legends. So I've been mm. doing that. Um, I also ran some Savage content in Final Fantasy. Um, That's which... the name of the content, Savage content. Yeah, so there's um, there's raids, which are – so they're called normal raids typically, and they're eight people. Um, okay. And then you – those raids get upgraded to Savage raids, and the Savage raids are basically if you don't know the mechanics, you can wipe the entire party. Um, and you have to start all over, like start the raid over. So it's like a lot more intense, um, like normal raids, like healers can usually like res enough people that it doesn't really matter, but you have to have all the DPS up because if not all the DPS are up, then you don't do enough damage. And if you don't do enough damage, then the, um, then the boss will enrage and basically kill everybody. Um, if you don't kill them in a certain amount of time and yeah, I really enjoy it. Um, it's you have to be very much on your toes. I even have like Google document documents for these raids, so that way I know what I'm doing. So, I very much enjoy it. That was my spiel. Um, what have you been playing, Taylor? And how are you? Thanks. I'm pretty good, pretty decent. Just finishing up here before I go back to college tomorrow for my final semester, as I stated before the show. Mm -hmm. Yep. And That's so exciting. Yes, I'm throwing job applications at every corner, talking to some companies. <laughs> um already you're just like are you like throwing out like newspapers just like oh yeah <laughs> mm -hmm. not just I newspaper mean. it's like the uh <laughs> you know how they're uh you know how the when you submit dollar bills to a bank and they have the machine that swipes it all and counts it instantly mm -hmm. that's what i'm doing but there's no guard so it just flies everywhere but, uh, <laughs> he's like one of those like money like a turret just shooting applications and resumes. Yeah, yeah. I respect yeah. that. Yeah. Thanks. But um, yeah, so with her, so that's been cool. But with regards to games, uh, what have I been playing? So I've been playing a lot of new video games, or any actually, but like in terms of new releases, I continued some Breath of the Wild. Um, not as hard as going through it in past weeks, but still inching my way through it. Solved a nice shrine quest that was, um, you know, and or Sam, you played Breath of the Wild? I haven't. Okay, so there are these quests in Breath of the Wild where they're kind of like puzzles and riddles that you solve. In exchange, you for solving them, a shrine appears, and Bree is already listeners. Bree has a very surprised face because Sam hasn't played this game. I just shocked yeah. Pikachu face. I can't yeah. even play it. <laughs> um, but I solved one of those, which was like very gratifying. I'm very stubborn. Like, if I can't solve one, I'm like, I'm not going to look it up. I'm not moving on until I solve it. <laughs> it don't look like, it up? Oh, man. I, I, it like I three days. instantly. It'd be like four hours of in-game time to be like, all right, I got it. And then I oh got it. Oh, my God. Um, but yeah, making my way through that. So that was cool. And also playing Mario Kart, believe it or not. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe with Sean Capri and his community over at Carpool Gaming last Saturday oh. and yesterday. Yeah, I was going to say, I saw that by in yesterday. Yeah, cool. And um, just checking out the DLC tracks. Wave 2 of the Mario Kart 8 DLC tracks came out that include Mushroom Gorge, Coconut Mall, among others, Ooh. Sky High Sunday. Those are some of my favorite. Waluigi Pinball, big fan. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, playing through that, having fun there. But I'm getting an itch to return to Ghost of Tsushima. I still haven't mm -hmm. finished that game yet, and for listeners who don't know, our, our good friend of the show over at Project X Talk, our sister Xbox show at Save the Game Media, uh, Ethan recently acquired a PlayStation 5 a few days ago, 
and he has been completely enamored with Ghost of Tsushima. Mm -hmm. He thought it would have been right up his alley, and he went for it, and he's having an awesome time. And kind of reminded me that, you know, I got the director's cut on PlayStation Plus, and I still haven't finished the game, so I want to mm -hmm. dive in. And I still want to make an effort to complete all the side content, excluding the DLC, complete all the side content <laughs> before I roll credits and on the main story, mm -hmm. do the main story last. Um, so Yeah, I went immediately to Iki Island on accident, so... Yeah, you talked um, about that? <laughs> I'm not happy about it. Decidedly not enough booty there, so... Okay. Both <laughs> loot and, and, you know, booty booty, but... Indeed. Well, I mean, listen, like, what do you think I'm playing the game for? Right. It's, it's to go to gym. the hot springs. Yeah, obviously. Oh, okay. All right, all right. <laughs> I see. I'm a fan of the bamboo strikes, because I like my resolve. But, oh, mm -hmm. I do really like that. I also like going and petting all the animals. I'll be honest. Yes, the foxes are great. Mm -hmm. Yes, so I think I'm going to return to that this week as we prep for The Last of Us Part 1. And let's see, today's at the time of recording, it's August 21st. I think we have like less than two weeks, 10 days or so. We have exactly 12 days until Last of Us Part 1 comes out on September 2nd. So mm -hmm. gearing up for that. But until then, you'll be playing Ghost. And uh, I may or may not cancel my Firefly Edition pre-order, depending on how much I want it. Appropriate $100. <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, that's a long-winded way of saying what I was playing. So, so yeah. Sounds all fun. I'm still, I'm still shocked out of the Breath of the Wild. We're going to have to discuss that. <laughs> I, I can only apologize. It's okay, it's okay. It's okay. This is a mistake you can easily correct. It's a long game. Like, listen, <laughs> this is coming from someone who hasn't oh, finished no. like ninety-five percent of the game she yeah. plays. Okay, so I'm not gonna take this slander. Okay. Oh, wait, wait, Brie, you haven't finished God of War 2018 yet. I have. We discussed wait, this. How do you say do we? No, we discussed this for sure because I asked you what the ending was and and you were like, yeah, that was ending. And I was like, okay, cool. Okay, so you did finish it. All right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, we discussed this. I mean, I still, I'll take the shit because I haven't finished pretty much anything else, but. Right, let me. You know what? Was... I like, I was thinking about it. I haven't beat a Dark Souls yet. Like, I like always get to the either. final boss. Really Actually, care. that's not true. I beat Dark Souls 3 because I wanted to play a new game plus with the Nameless King's weapon. Uh, okay. So, Nameless King's such a cool that, fight from what I've watched. Oh my God, it's awful i love it but it's so hard it has no right to be that hard yeah <laughs> or from the cost of bloodborne oh boy oh, I, I, I first tried that boss and that's my crowning game achievement game i just voice cracked game achievement is first trying orphan of cost in bloodborne and i couldn't believe it you did it on your first try yes it took me eight tries to beat the one reborn. Now let that sit in your head for a few seconds i've, I've had a couple of one shots in in dark souls but i think the one that was like sorry not one shot, shot one tried yeah <laughs> no that's what that's what it's called i thought one shot is when you kill an enemy with in one no one no attack. so one shot in any other game besides dark souls means you killed them in one hit um in dark souls for some reason like when you finish a boss in one go it's called one shot as well they just stole the term again all right which so i was very confused for a very long time about i'm like i didn't one shot it and they're like no but you did i'm like what like, okay <laughs> this is confusing <laughs> no um i 
so the only one that I did, I think that I can remember is Ornstein and Smaug. Yeah, Dark Souls 1, yeah. One, yeah. Wait, you one, one, you one tried them? Mm-hmm. Wow. Those are like notorious for being some of the hardest bosses in that game. Mm-hmm. I was Arguably really glad that I one shot it because yeah. otherwise I probably would have <laughs> been very mad. So. What weapon were you using? Or what was your build? I don't remember. Do you remember like vaguely great sword magic? I it, I don't melee. use magic ever. Don't um, magic I don't use either. shields either unless I'm scared. Yeah. Um, I'll pull a shield out if I'm like like actually scared, like I'm playing like a scary game. <laughs> <laughs> so I like walk around with the shield because I'm like, oh, no, what happened? <laughs> so you were probably either dual wielding or carrying a, a a great weapon like a mm. yeah. So I either do sword. I either do a great sword or um like the katanas. I just don't know which yeah. one because I switch between those two builds a lot. Okay, yeah. Um, I think it may have been washing pole, but I could be wrong. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's what most players do. I think most players stray away from male from magic and Dark Souls one. And ironically, the pyromancy does not scale with magic. You level up the weapon like any other weapon. It's an oh, odd, interesting, interesting mix. I didn't know that. Yeah. I haven't but, tried touching like any of that magic stuff at all. So. Oh, I'm a big pyro fan because fire mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> anyway, let's uh, let's get into the news for this week. So, starting off with uh, PlayStation on PC land, there was a possible PlayStation PC launcher, maybe not so sure, sus thing going on with Spider-Man Remastered. To be more specific, in uh, game files of Spider-Man 2018 uh, Remastered for PC, there were game files that referenced to two different things quote PSN account linked was one reference and PSN linking entitlements was another reference in the game's files. This comes to us from VGC and VGC verified it themselves, these claims. And uh, this is possible foreshadowing of a PC PlayStation PC launcher, maybe, or at least the connection between your PlayStation PC game and your PSN account. Um, probably would be favorable for PlayStation to make their own launcher considering Steam takes 30% of the revenue from any game purchase by me or you from from that platform. But yeah, I think this probably makes sense to happen eventually, at the very least a PlayStation network connection to their PC games, if not a launcher in the near future. But what do you think, Sam? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much with you. I think it's kind of a no-brainer. Um, you know, there are some people that will kick up a fuss saying, "Not another launcher on my PC," yeah, um, yeah. which is fair. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I'm of the the mindset that it's just a button that you click on, and you know, it, it's nice to have a cohesive library in one place, sure. But ultimately, I don't think it impacts your actual gaming experience all that much and i think that playstation has this kind of prestige boutique vibe to it and they have that energy so i think that they will want and i'm sure that they'll still keep like their epic association going um you know they're they're quite buddy buddy with epic games um so i think that the playstation titles will still appear on the epic game store but i think that you'll maybe be able to link that EGS account to this PlayStation launcher and then all of your PlayStation Studios games will flood into that launcher by default, maybe something like that. Mm. Um, I'm all for it. The linking entitlements is where I get a little bit hung up. Like, um, 
I guess for me, it doesn't really make that much difference because I can just, if I want to buy a game on PC, again, I guess it kind of technically depends on whether there is some, if you're linking a PSN account, can you register digital purchases from a PlayStation console right. to this new launcher and therefore have access to the PC question. version of that game? I doubt that because PlayStation yeah. was really big on dual entitlement PS4 to mm. PS5 and they, they, created that term so uh considering they pioneered the anti-consumer practice to simply not let you do that i highly doubt they would go back on that unless someone i don't know threatened jim ryan's family or something but <laughs> that, that doesn't happen uh i don't really see them doing this uh, yeah. think, Bree? i my thing is is like i don't want them to i i don't know like whether they will or won't but i really don't want them to and it's not create a pc launcher to create a launcher i would rather them put their games on other things the thing is is that i'm like actually like pretty there's only like two actually three launchers that i'm okay with um the rest of them are just like horrible softwares that run just terribly like don't aesthetically look pleasing like the epic store like, trust me, I love Epic, but like, man, the Epic Store is so ugly. Oh, and I'll take it's, their games. I'll take their free games. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I will take their games. But the thing is, is like, can you, like, I don't know. Like, I just would rather, like, come, if you're going to make a launcher, put the time and effort into making the launcher work correctly. Otherwise, like, don't make a launcher. And as aesthetic as PlayStation is, my worry is that they won't put time into this launcher and it will just be another shit launcher. And like I, <laughs> I don't want any more of those. Like the thing is, is like Steam works perfectly. Steam looks nice. Like it's maybe not the best color palette, but it like at least makes sense what the store looks like. Um, the Riot launcher looks great. You could do that one. Like the Riot launcher looks fantastic. Like I don't know. Like it's it's yeah no I it drives me crazy. And I have a million launchers on my computer. Like my whole, like the bottom of my screen is just like launchers. So just be crazy. Have you considered using uh, GOG Galaxy to centralize your launchers? Um, I have not heard of that. So no. I have oh, not okay. It. So I would Google it for you. It's called, yeah, GOG or GOG Galaxy, mm-hmm. where it you connect your other launcher accounts into the interface. It's run by GOG or CD Projekt, one of the owners of the same ownership of the uh, software and marketplace to those CDPR games, but you put my credentials to like Epic, Xbox, Ubisoft, Origin, Steam, and it mm-hmm. takes all those libraries and pushes them into this one universal palette that is God Galaxy. You can search your library across all these different platforms at once and choose the game you want to play. Um, mm. I, I should look into that for out. sure because like yeah. it's getting like annoying having like twenty launchers like. Everybody has to have their own launcher. Like everybody, like has to have their own. They're like, I ca- I can't possibly play nice. <laughs> yeah, I. Crazy. I can. I used to get mad at it, but as my PC gaming swings like a pendulum from like sometimes I play my Switch for a few months heavily, and my PlayStation mm-hmm. for a couple months heavily, then back to my PC. I haven't been on my PC so regularly, such that I jump between game to game to where it becomes a massive issue. Like. When I play on mm-hmm. PC, it's usually one game until I complete it. Like, I played Halo Master. Halo 3, I recently completed on PC. 
and that was through the Master Chief Collection on the Xbox app. Xbox app isn't that great, but it's like the only launcher I used for a couple months because I was just strolling through Halo slow and steady. Mm. Um, so it's not a huge issue for me, but it might become it would become more of an inconvenience if I the more heavily I played on if I were to play on PC. Um, I highly doubt, like I said, they'd let you access a game you buy on console to play it on PC, but I think a launcher yeah. is probably likely at the least from just money on the table. 30% revenue, they're not going to let that happen. Uh, yeah, I think it's inevitable fair. over the next 6 to 18 months or so, they'll probably put it into play. But, yeah. I just hope they do it right, at least. Like, if, if you're going to do it, please do it right. Like, mm-hmm. like please, like, do it so it looks like a, the PlayStation 5 user interface. Like, right. They could try that almost like a Steam Big Picture type aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Or not aesthetic, where, like, a button you press that turns it into how it would look on your PlayStation. Mm, almost that yeah. identical navigation if you have your dual sets connected to your computer right mm-hmm. um yeah you should definitely do that it's a good idea you should call but, them yeah who hey, wants I have to talk ideas. about embracer <laughs> not me oh god okay embracer group snags up for studios knock it off <laughs> as of a few days ago from this time of recording which today is the 21st Um, Embracer Group has acquired six more studios, one of which has not been publicly released. Acquisition includes Tripwire Interactive, um, and they've they've made Killing Floor and Mandator. Um, They also acquired Limited Run and Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. Like, literally, like, like not, like, sarcastically, they acquired Lord of the Rings. (laughs) Yeah, basically. Ah, For Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, it includes games, TV, movie, all of it. Um, Sing Tricks, a home karaoke developer, and Tuxedo Labs are also included. Uh, five of the six companies in the acquisition exceed $570 million in cost. So basically, they're just like, we have so much money. We're just going to buy Lord of the Rings. Literally, like, the most popular book to, like, ever exist. Like, it was more popular than the Bible. Oh, let's go. That's an awesome achievement. I stand that. <laughs> Like, that's how much money they have, though. Like, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, Sam was seething in disappointment and anger that limited when he heard limited run was acquired. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it just, like, it sucks. I Consolidation in general, I think, is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. There may be minor exceptions to that rule, but I think it's pretty definitive. Um, at least uh, consolidation on this scale. Um, and... Sure, doesn't mean that maybe we're going to get some even more cool Lord of the Rings games. Probably. But is the trade-off that now this company that isn't necessarily explicitly tied in any way to Tolkien's family now has... It's it's a slippery slope, man. If Mm. this sort of stuff can happen now, anything's on the table. So is the Tolkien estate not involved at all anymore? I'm sure that they have some say. Okay, I was gonna say they have to at least have like said like okay, like you can like take it, but like also some, we need some control. Like they have some royalties, I'm sure. I don't know if yeah. they have any more than that though. Uh, I hope it's they true. have like like I hope they have some say. Like I hope they're able to veto like just ridiculous stuff. Yeah. But it's yeah, because they were they were talking about like solo films for 
Gandalf, and it's like, what are you talking? I mean, what are you doing? With Ian McKellen? <laughs> Say <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd watch it, but like, it's just, are you trying to MCUify Lord of the Rings now I think by so. doing that? Might solo be their goal. The thing is, is like, there's there is a lot in Lord of the Rings that hasn't been touched, like in the films. Um, and there's sure. a lot that like has it hasn't even been touched like in the published books. It's like in like his extra works that aren't mm-hmm. like technically like quote unquote published. But think. like there's so much stuff that I would really I would really love to have answers to. And like the thing is, is that Tolkien's not around to give us the answers. And so I think other people are going to try and give us the answers. And I think I, I hope we're not disappointed with those answers. But yeah, I mean, like, what's going on with the blue mages? Like, please, like, let me know what's going on with the the queen with all of her cats. Like, please, let me know. But you never know. Yeah, it's. I've never been a huge Lord of the Ring or Hobbit guy. Like, I appreciate it in the movies. My dad actually has a fifty or so year old collection of the trilogy that was passed down to me. That's. Mm. It's worth a couple. If I really want to get rid of it, I can make probably 100, 200 bucks, but I keep it for sentimental reasons. And I eventually want to actually start reading Fellowship. But um, yeah, I was shocked that I was also as surprised that Limited Run was acquired. Yeah. I thought Limited Run Games, for listeners who don't know, is a company that creates physical editions or physical editions or special editions of already physical exams, physical games that would not have existed otherwise. Um, especially on the indie front, for example, a popular retro boomer shooter I love called Dusk came out in 2018, recently got a Switch port, came out in the eShop, but also got a physical Switch copy from Limited Run. I think it was through Limited Run. Um, that came out last year. And they've been other stuff like Ultra Special Editions 2, like there was a big Doom one that came out recently, and it's just a real community, seems like grassrootsy, folksy type vibe to it. And yeah, you buy the games like four to six months in advance of when they're actually shipped to you, and then they come out in limited runs, pun intended, for the company, and you get them, and like that. It's great for the indie scene and for people, fiscal collectors like Ethan over at Project X Talk to have some fun. But I wasn't expecting a game preservation type smaller company like that to get acquired by Embracer Group. And that was really just surprising to me. I must have been an offer they couldn't refuse monetarily. I don't, I don't know how this affects their autonomy and operation yeah, uh, or not, but that awaits to be seen. Um, Sam, do you know if they've released any statements on this or... As far as I'm aware, um, Limited Run haven't said anything. Um, they, they might have like actively shared any some sort of articles covering the announcement mm-hmm. but not necessarily released a statement themselves i could be wrong um but at least from what i know they haven't said anything i would hope that it doesn't affect their autonomy because if you are getting into selective game preservation or even more selective than what they had to be before just due to the scope of th- themselves as a company right. If Embrace and now have control over which games oh, they right. do the runs for, that's that's I don't like that. That's, yeah, I don't like that either. I think yeah. hopefully, maybe the best case scenario of that would be they get increased funding, and with some of the increased funding, they make a deal deal where they're like, okay, we will 
special edition eyes, a few big THQ Nordic games coming out, like maybe Destroy yeah. All Humans 2, mm -hmm. right? That's a big one from the showcase last week. Um, but yeah, hopefully it's just they're financially anchored and they can continue with their work. But I guess that remains to be seen. So we'll see in the coming weeks. Um, yeah. yeah, hopefully we have an update on that soon for you guys, listeners. But yeah. So moving on. Sam, what's going on with Midgard? Oh, plenty of plenty of juicy, juicy things. PlayStation has officially released a new Myths of Midgard video recapping the story of God of War 2018. The video is narrated by Felicia Day with Poppins from Mimir, and it summarizes God of War 2018 story in an animated story fashion. Uh, so it covers the entire plot, including spoilers. So if you haven't played the game and are wary of spoilers, be aware. Um, but it is a, a great entry point for people who either haven't played the game and don't care about spoilers, or for those people who maybe played it back at release and uh, need a bit of a refresher before Ragnarok comes. So you can find it on YouTube uh, by searching Myths of Midgard. And it is also available for those who would prefer it in written form in a PlayStation blog, which is called Story Details You Need to Know Before Playing God of War Ragnarok. I, I dig that they did this. I like it. Um, it's an yeah. unnecessary thing, very minor yeah. in the grand scheme of things, but it's it's nice. I think it builds a sense of um, anticipation for Ragnarok. Not that they needed more of that. but Right. They already have work cut out for them, but... You know, this isn't, I could have omitted the story from the news. I added it, but because I just thought the video was cool. And yeah, yeah PlayStation does cool stuff like this. I like, I like shining a bit of a spotlight on it. It was very, mm -hmm. very well, well-made production. Um, I think it also helps with accessibility, like genuinely to the game, because like there's probably people that were like, I'm not going to play it because I don't want to like go through the first one. And now they can. I'm sure that yeah. that's not like a huge audience that they're like, oh, I haven't played the first one and I don't want to play the first one. But um, it is technically like from PS4. So like if you were not wanting to play it on your PS5 and, you know, you don't have a PS4, then this is a great option. Yeah. Also for folks who just don't have a lot of time to play games, but like being somewhat current with games. I know this happens to me every so often where it just seems once in a while I pop up to a brand new release and I find myself a little ill-prepared because I haven't been invested in an ongoing franchise for a while and this is a good refresher to just uh, get the background I need and get in. I actually did something similar to when I played the Yakuza games. So I played Yakuza 0, Kiwami, Kiwami 2. I started playing 3, thought the combat was worse than like watching paint dry. It was so stiff and bad. And I thought the story was, it was a bit, while it was wholesome, I found it boring. And I just said, nope, not playing this anymore. And I wanted to make my way through the whole franchise. So I ended up watching a story recap of Yakuza 3 and Yakuza 4, ran by the YouTube channel called La Muerte Blanca. Uh, but yeah, awesome recaps. And it includes the rest of the games for those interested. And I think he also has judgment. You know, he has like a dragon for sure. But anyway... I watched recaps of two Yakuza games entering Yakuza 5, which I do intend to play, which is like 60 hours long because it was meant to be the last Yakuza game before they rebooted the franchise with Yakuza 0. Mm -hmm. But the point being that story recaps have a place, and I found, personally, I've found anecdotal good use from it. And I think uh, this will just help with more people 
at the very least, more people buy the game and Sony likes money, but also just as a matter of convenience, I think it's a good move. Yeah. And also, like, this is purely speculative, um, but it's worth mentioning. There has been some rumblings going on that this uh, this video is kind of like a backdoor to announce that um, Felicia Day, the, the narrator for this video, is um, voicing Faye, Kratos' wife. Oh, um, shit, really? Purely speculative, but people running with this theory that, you know, Yes, Felicia Day hasn't necessarily done a lot of video game stuff in the past, but you know they've got um, Ryan Hurst for Thor, uh, Peter Schiff, I think his name is, um, from West Wing for Odin, and for people who don't know, kind of spoilers for the for, uh, 2018 God of War. Even more. Faye, Kratos' wife, very clearly orchestrated the entire plot of that game well ahead of before it happened. Um, so it would kind of make sense if they are wanting to do this kind of meta thing um, to have the actress that plays the character maybe in a flashback in Ragnarok or something narrate the story of 2018. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you Super think thought. that sounds really cool? Yeah, I wonder if there's going to be a resurrection or if there's some sort of mm. god that comes in where no i doubt that but, no i don't think i don't I, they may have flashbacks in it flashback like, yeah sam said i think flashbacks the most probable i mean um mm. i don't want to get too much into sort of norse mythology but um oh. the whole jormungander thing okay um in 2018 without going into depth um because I don't want to necessarily suggest anything not that i know anything's going to happen in ragnarok obviously um but jormungander is technically from the future um, mm. and is sent back in time yeah. after a fight with Thor during Ragnarok. So time travel isn't necessarily off the cards, I would say. Okay. Um, but I would I would wager that a flashback is probably more likely. Right. Also... Didn't they say something about like her being murdered or something, though? I don't remember exactly what happened with her. Also, just time travel and how God of War works with... It went from ancient Greece... To Norse yeah, mythology, that's true. He just where, like, changed So yeah, the time scale on that is, if you make a, a sweeping assumption that Norse mythology takes place during the height of, around the height of, I don't know if I, I think it doesn't take a rocket scientist to think that there's a time jump between when Greek mythology happened and actually happened in its own mythos, and when Norse mythology happened in its own mythos. That. Mm-hmm. Kratos clearly jumped almost dimensions here. So uh, some multiverse or something like that, I think is already active within the realms of the franchise. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past Santa Monica. Mm-hmm. That would be a cool moment too. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, so moving on, we have some news about team Asobi, the wonderful developers of Astrobot rescue mission and the recent PS5 launch title, uh, Astro's Playroom, which was a pack-in for the PlayStation 5. Team Asobi confirmed they're working on their, quote, next biggest-to-date game. Studio director Nicholas Doucette said in a recent interview with GamesIndustry.biz that the follow-up to Astro's Playroom is a, quote, full-blown commercial title. Take advantage of Sony's hardware. This is probably, this is, I'm about to say it's conjecture, probably oriented towards PSVR 2, right, if history repeats itself going from rescue mission and taking advantage of hardware. We have new hardware, new, you know, quote unquote, interesting hardware to look forward to. 
And uh, hopefully, I think, uh, hopefully there's a version exclusive, not a version exclusive, a version that's playable on PS5 and PSVR 2, and it's not exclusive to PSVR 2. But knowing how exclusives work, that they're large motivators to sell hardware, I would say it's more likely than not it is a PSVR 2 exclusive for this next project from Team Asobi. Uh, Doucette commented on the new text saying he is, quote, going to try to use it in ways you're not supposed to when it comes to new technology in general. So he's very into experimenting and diving into the unknown and the quirky and things of that nature. And Team Asobi is almost at 100 employees. It had 60 at the launch of Astro's Playroom. So Sony SIE is clearly scaling up with that studio, and they should be after a great experience that was Astro's Playroom, one of the best 3D platformers in recent memory, and I think in the running for the top three, maybe even top two best packing games of all time. I think Super Mario World actually takes that for SNES, but I digress. Uh, Doucette also said he wants to make the game feel like it's made in Japan. Whatever that means. He says he wants to make players feel not from an absolute or overt sense of, or a feature that, but something that says to them that this was constructed in Japan, uh, which is very interesting stylistic goal and something that I'm really curious how he achieves. But yeah, what do you guys, what do you guys think of this? It's exciting, I think. Um, as you say, both Playroom and uh, Rescue Mission are stellar titles um, for different reasons. I think they're both great platformers. Obviously, Rescue Mission is argued in my opinion um a system seller for the original psvr in and of itself um i would happily buy the the vr headset just for rescue mission it was that good um i probably agree with you that it is going to be vr2 i'm not it's weird because i think the astrobot just as like as like an ip and i'm assuming that it is going to be another astrobot title as an IP, I think it's on the precipice of becoming like, not necessarily like a headline act, but like a major IP in oh, it Sony's will. portfolio. It is the family-friendly Sony exactly. mascot that Sackboy was in the PS3 days. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to take those reins. Um, so I think that maybe like with that in mind, there is potential that they want to keep the audience for this title as, as wide as, and accessible as possible without mm-hmm. having to do a double dip on a new bit of hardware. Okay. Um, that being said, I would still say, as you mentioned in the, the news story, the studio in general has a historic notion to experiment with new tech and, and try out new features and things that you wouldn't necessarily anticipate, um, making things work in weird ways. So I think that inevitably, assuming that it does have PSVR 2 functionality at all, and it isn't just like a basic 2D platform, uh, flat screen platformer, mm-hmm. um, I think that they will want to steer as hard into that new tech as, as possible. Cool. Yeah. I right. have not... Ingrid, you, you were shaking your head. <laughs> I just, it was just like a... I have no experience with this. Like I didn't, play, I didn't play either of these games. I do have a PSVR. I- um, and Play I Astros Playroom. Rescue Mission. Um, I have not played Astro's Playroom. In fact, I uninstalled it recently because I was like, <laughs> I was Why? like, I'm not going to play this. I don't Why? know. I didn't think I would play it. <laughs> Do you not like 3D platformers? 
I do, but I just didn't like. I don't know. Like it just hasn't been on my radar. Oh my I guess um, I didn't know it was gonna be drama. So I will do it. It's a do PlayStation it. nostalgia trip. It's like yeah. a yeah. homage to yeah. everything PlayStation. Also, it makes oh, you feel uh, justified for having your Dual Sense. Yeah, so yeah. It, it has okay. a lot of great Dual Sense features that hopefully don't break your controller. But it has a lot of great Dual Sense stuff. I you know I've heard stuff where people are like. My spring and my adaptive trigger broke, or some stuff like that, and mm. I'm like, "Well, hope it doesn't do that." Nash's playroom, where it's putting the controller to the mechanical limit, but but it's a fun time. It's really cool. I'll have to um, re-download it then and check it out. Because yeah, um, yeah, if you don't, I will. I will. You will I re-download will it for me. <laughs> I will be in your walls, and I will re-download it <laughs> in my walls. Okay. <laughs> yep. Um. Okay. Well. I will definitely check it out. But yeah, I just was like more shaking my head. Like I have no like concept of this. Like the only thing I would say is that like I love I love when developers are able to really like push the limits like this. Um, so I'm definitely all for it, um, especially like made in Japan. Again, whatever that means. <laughs> like, I mean, this all sounds great. It's just like my point of reference isn't really there. I guess. It's okay. We can we can enrich it. We can fix this. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh my god. All right. All right. I think it's my turn. Sure. I'm not I'm not even going you know what? I'm not even gonna transition. I'm just gonna start reading. So right, that way you don't you yes. can't you can't <laughs> say like that way you can't be like, hey Brianna, what's going on with this? I'm just gonna go. Hey Brianna, what's going on? No, it's too late. <laughs> PlayStation is continuing its IP expansion into film and TV with a days gone feature film. Sheldon Turner, head writer of Outlander, is attached to adapt with Sam Hewan. Hewan? Hewan, maybe? Hewan. <laughs> Outlander the news. is set to star as Deacon St. John, um, seemingly indic indicative of Sony's reluctance to port talent directly over from the games into the movies, likely a sign that the actors, uh, such as Daisuke Tsuji, um, which is Jin Sakai, uh, and Christopher Judge, which is Kratos, will not be reprising their respective roles in upcoming multimedia projects. Um, I am actually kind of excited about this. I oh. really wanted, I really wanted to get into Days Gone, but the moment it came out, everybody was like, "Don't play it." And I never I was played it. So bummed. But I want to play with the 60 FPS patch and mm -hmm. the updates they got. I really wanted to like that game. I really wanted to play that game. I enjoyed it. I think it's it's it wasn't. I mean, I platinumed it, obviously, but it's I it's something that it's like the the most perfect six slash seven out of ten. It, it's not blowing <laughs> anybody away. It's the most perfect mid game I've ever played, guys. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I think it's it's disappointing that it didn't get a sequel because I think that you know. It took a, a really long time to get to it, but when you get towards the end of the story in Days Gone, some really, really interesting things start happening. Um, and I think that, you know, Bend, this was their biggest project by far. And I think that, you know, this was like a, a really good first pass and they could have taken what they'd learned from this and make right. a Days Gone 2 really quite excellent. Well, this, um, um, just happened recently, the Alita... And Eric Jensen just started at Sucker Punch for Sony. Yes, as a senior yeah. lead developer. Mm -hmm. They've they've had like a, an exodus of talent from Bend um, 
over the mm. past year or so. Like, um, why can't I remember his name? Jeff Ross, I think. Um, he might still be there, actually. It was, um, why am I blanking on the name? The director, whoever directed Days Gone, um, he left as well. And that was quite vitriolic. Like, he was quite outspoken about uh, his disdain for Sony's treatment of Bend slash Days Gone. Yes, there was IP. Ross and then John Garvin. That's it. John Garvin. He was the writer-director. Um, yeah. I just had Gabe Newell in my head, and I'm like, well, that's not right at all. <laughs> um, yeah. But, maybe, you know, th I'm I'm similarly excited. Um, assuming that this is going to be like a loose adaptation, as most of their uh, products have been thus far in film and television, I would hope that maybe this, and obviously it's a film, so not necessarily going to have the running time to do it, but if they are potentially hoping to keep days gone as an ip alive in this media form as opposed to video games i maybe hope that they do continue the story from where it left off or or you know set the the runway so that they can continue the the narrative branches that they were setting up um because it's a disappointment otherwise cool yeah i awesome i didn't play days gone and i was kind of jaded on Zombie TV adaptations after spending 10 seasons with The Walking Dead reluctantly mm -hmm. and then turning it off midway through season 10. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, no more, no more. I'm clean. Stop, stop. <laughs> but, but I'm going to turn it back on for The Last of Us because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a loser. Um, mm -hmm. But this is interesting. I do want to play Days Gone eventually and I'm interested to see how this turns out. I think it's also. In some cases, it's for the better that Sony doesn't use their voice actors to reprise the role in live action of the characters they play. Like Christopher Judge is getting old. He's in his mid-50s, I think, by this point, uh, which is not old per se for uh, someone in the West, a man in, in the Western Hemisphere, but for a live action strenuous TV role with the characters, Physicals Kratos, he's relatively old. Um, yeah. And with a guy like Deacon, um, it also depends. I don't know. Some of Hollywood is very shallow and petty. They're like, if you're not, if you don't have the, I don't know. It's, I'm not surprised. I should just say, considering that they're changing casting entering Hollywood because they want people to look a certain way, as painful as that is to say. Um, Doing yeah. Sam Witwer dirty. I, th yeah. I think I'm, I'm with you like 100% that it makes sense in a lot of cases. I, I would maybe argue, and it's maybe a question for a different day, but that Sam Witwer is maybe a bit of a special case, um, mainly just because, like, Deacon is legitimately just Sam Witwer. Um, like, oh, it's not motion just a voice actor. It's motion capture. It's, okay, never it, mind. It's yeah, the yeah. model. It's everything. It is Sam Yeah, Whitworth. that makes sense. So I get, like, obviously they are opening up the audience and bringing in people that won't have played Days Gone probably most people watching this won't have played days gone including me <laughs> but um like for for the weirdly for the people that this film is most likely made for the fans i think it will it's just weirdly jarring again like christopher judge i get even daisuke to a, to a certain extent um even though jin does look like him um sam Whitwer is kind of like named talent more so than those other two i would argue so it's a bit weird, but I can't do anything about it. So I'm going to shut up. 
<laughs> I, I no, I get that. Thanks for giving me the the background that he was mocap too, because mm-hmm. in most, I, let me back up. I don't know if it's most games, but in many games like The Last of Us Two, Laura Bailey does not look like Abby. For those gotcha. who don't, she also voiced Trunk in Dragon Ball Z Funimation dub. Laura Bailey is a smaller human than the amazing tank that is Abby in in The Last of Us. So, or Ashley Johnson does not look like Ellie. So. Commonly, these voice actors and their mocap counterparts do not are not the same person. So, but, but in Deacon's case, this makes I would agree that makes sense. Yeah, I think in The Last of Us, it doesn't make a lot of sense because it's not just like about looks; it's also about like age, mm-hmm. um, and like they may sound like younger or older, but they don't like. There's no way that Troy Baker looks like Joel. Like, <laughs> right? He's not that old, right? And so. It's yeah. just like it's stuff like that that I think like it's okay that they change, but in this like I think in some cases I think it would be okay to pull the voice actor, but at the same time we don't know if the voice actor is against acting. I don't know if that's like like that could potentially be the case where they're like I really don't want to play this role, like I'm just a voice actor. We don't know. Like he may have been offered, but we, I guess we would never know. Yeah. Yeah. So. Good points for sure, and. So, to be yeah. clear, he probably wasn't offered it, but probably not. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe he was, and he was like, "No, I don't want to do that." But yeah. But with that said, now we are finished the news for the week and moving on to our <clears throat> section, Limitless, where we talk about whatever the hell we want. So mm-hmm. first, with the most pressing and arguably interesting Limitless question we've had this year, what's our game of the year so far, guys? For all of us, not just my, I've, I'm going to call Notable here and not limited to just games that came out this year, but games that you played this ah, year. Ah, okay. That's what I was going to ask is like, do we want to split the discussion? Because I do have some games that I've played this year that are not from this year. That Include would be a contender. Okay. All the games okay. we played this year. <clears throat> okay. Mm. Uh, okay. So unfortunately, like, well, I guess it's not unfortunately for me. I don't think there's anything that can be Elden Ring at this point. Um, well, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I like. I just want to get that out of the way because, like, even though I'm, I'm up to discuss other games, like, I just don't think that there's anything for me that's going to be Elden Ring, like, mm. including God of War, unless something crazy happens. Wow. The thing is, is like, I really like my like the Dark Souls games are like in my favorite games of all time, and for like another Dark Souls game to come out and not only like come out but be like fantastic like the world building of course was just like outstanding the moment-to-moment gameplay was outstanding it was exactly what it promised to be just this giant open world dark souls and they just let you go wherever like they just like let you go into this crazy world and it still felt like a dark souls experience even though you were just running around like crazy i don't know what they're going to do next and live up to that but um Man, Elden Ring was fantastic, absolutely fantastic. So awesome! Yeah, I played 25 hours and dropped off for literally no reason. So I think I'll pick mm. it back up one day. You but definitely I was, should. I was a huge Bloodborne fan. It's my favorite, entire my favorite game ever. So I'm no stranger to to FromSoft. I'm not. Uh, I'm not Kevin who doesn't want to play the games. So <laughs> freaking yeah. Kevin. But what, what about you, Sam? You played a hell of a lot of games this year, I'm sure. I have. Um, 
I think my my game of the year front runner um, in terms of something that released this year would still be Sifu. Um, awesome. I I equally adore Elden Ring. Um, even though I I was worked to the bone on it writing the guide. Um, yeah, that kind of clouds your experience mm-hmm. with it. Where it's like you associate in both enjoyment and exhaustion yeah. and frustration from being making it a work task. <laughs> I think it's it's one of the very few examples of the my work with IGN where it has done that but it hasn't necessarily diminished my opinion on the game um like i joke about it triggering me every time Elden ring's brought up but <laughs> it's it, it is just that good where even with that baggage that necessarily comes with remembering all the work i had to do i can still overcome that and be like well no it's still just a really excellent title awesome. um and for the same reason that's why i would maybe edge seafood just a little bit above Elden Ring for me, mainly just because we all kind of expected Elden Ring to be excellent. Um, but Sifu for me, again, I worked on it solo for IGN, but it was more just the fact that, yeah, there was a little bit of hype pre release, but when it came out, I think it had it definitely had its moment. I think it's come and passed since, but it took everybody that played it, I for the most part, I don't want to be hyperbolic by surprise. Um, and I think it's just mechanically really polished, really tight. It knows exactly what it wants to do. doesn't overstay its welcome. It's aesthetically gorgeous. Um, and it's something that I can, in the same way that, you know, Soulsborne games are kind of addicting um, in just the one more go thing. Sifu scratches that itch as well for me. Um, awesome. So that's why it's on top. Mm. Fantastic right. choice. Yeah, that, I haven't played Sifu yet either, but I I want to play that game because it seems like it's right up my alley. And it's not on any of the PS Plus services yet. I know. Yet. I was shocked. I like I went, I turned on my PlayStation because I was like, I'm just going to check. And nope, it was like, you got to pay. And I was like, I mean, listen, I'll pay, but. Uh, I think, I think, I think, <laughs> well, I don't want to necessarily make a prediction, but I would, I would wager that within the next six to eight months it will probably be in yeah. service once you approach that one year anniversary maybe yeah yeah, yeah. yeah for sure awesome. how are you feeling taylor on on game of the year so for me i haven't tried, i think the only game i played that released this year this is might be embarrassing to say it but it might be elden ring so, <laughs> so if, it, if it's a game that released this year uh we win by technicality here for for elden ring I think for me, the much more meaningful question of what's the best game that I played this year for me, I think it might be Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. It, mm-hmm. How did I know? <laughs> yeah, it just, it totally sucked me in again. And I've never felt such a sense of adventure and awe of a game's expanse. Other than it, Elden Ring is the only one that approaches it for me. But mm. just the the desire and the hunger to see what's on the, over the next corner and the the want to see how do I solve this puzzle or the shrine? Or what's over there? What's over here? How do I use this game's physics to my advantage to beat these enemies? There's so many systems that work synergistically in that game that make it so such a fluid experience moment to moment that it's... It's very special. And at this point in my life, we're about to graduate school in a few months. 
about to embark on a new chapter, new adventure of life. Um, it's come in a timely fashion for, for where I am in, in my journey through life. So it's gotten very special for me very fast. And I've played it progressively over the past few years, like I said in previous episodes. But these past couple of months, couple of months, it's just gripped me like no other. And I think that's because I've become okay with not knowing the answer to some cases. Like, well, if I can't find this or that, if, after I spend my stubbornly one to five hours figuring it out, I say, okay, I'll come back to it later or let it be and just go with the flow and... Now I'm three towers away from having the whole map unlocked with, or mapped out, and one more Divine Beast to go before fighting Ganon, and one I'm always coming back to over these past three months. So, yeah. Now, by year's end, uh, God of War and, or the Last of Us remake, probably God of War, Ragnarok, may have something to say. At the very least, of games that have come out this year that I've played, but mm-hmm. yeah, that's... yeah, I think like those games are definitely going to be in the discussion as far as like game of the year. Um, I just don't like as much as I love God of War. I just don't see it overtaking Elden Ring for me. Just like in yeah, terms for you, of, like, yeah. the games that I like. Um, but in terms of like other games, like now that we kind of have like the like the big hitters out of the way, um, for like games that are just like more just like in the running, but maybe not necessarily will make it. Um, Stray is definitely up there for me. Um, I hear Stray was about it. such a fantastic experience. Mm-hmm. I loved it beginning to end. Um, like there wasn't a mechanic that I didn't like. Like it was, it was just perfect. Like you can like have the robots pet you. You can like meow all the time. You can scratch stuff. Like, (laughs) like it's the most cat game. And I like, obviously I love my cat. Like he's right here, but like, yeah, I love cats too. Cats are the best. And it was just, it was such a great game and it, it was fantastic. Could not recommend it more. So I don't know. That's another one. That's like, I think in the game of the year discussion for me, it's like, it can't win, but it's there. (laughs) Awesome. So, and um, Sam, what were your thoughts on Stray? If I, I, I made this previous episode that I missed, but I'm curious. Yeah, we we did we did cover it, but I think like I echo the sentiments that that Bree had. I'm not a cat person. Um, not that I have anything against cats, but it's just I I've been raised with dogs, and that's how it goes. Um, mm-hmm. But that being said, I still got emotionally invested and affected by some of the stuff in Stray. Um, I think, again, like Bree said, mechanically, it, it's pretty pretty sound. Um, a few small things here and there that maybe could have been improved on or, or touched up, but then that's necessarily true for most games. Um, yeah, I think kind of like Sifu, not that it's net ever going to necessarily reach that level of, of excellence for me personally. But I think that, again, there's a bit of hype for it. But when it came out, I think everybody was just surprised at how enjoyable it was, even if you didn't necessarily, at the end of the day, agree on the fact that it was good or great. No. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I The other thing that I, I would like, the other game that's like in my like it has to be in my top 10 now like i have to readjust my top 10 i haven't figured out where it's going to fall but like inscription was insanely good and on a technicality inscription can be in game of the year discussions because it's being released on playstation 5 
What do you mean so, technicality? You can play it anywhere. I'm including all platforms in this. No, no. I mean, like, a technicality as far as, like, because it's being released again this year. Like, because a lot oh, of the friends, so people the are like, game, if, okay, if, okay. if it doesn't come out this year, you can't, like, include right. it. Like, I it's know we're discussing other games mm -hmm. as well. Um, but like it can't be quote unquote game of the year because it didn't come out this year, but it kind of technically is coming out this year on a different platform. <laughs> so just saying it gets in on a technicality. Um, I don't think it would win against Elden Ring, but God, it's like, it is so good. It is so good. Awesome. I could not recommend inscription more. It's a psychological horror game, right? I it does have horror aspects to it. I definitely jumped a few times, not because it was like jump scary, but because I scared myself. Like I would get like mm -hmm. overly hyped. Like every time you launch the game too, it's so loud. I would jump. I knew it was coming, but I would still wow. jump. Um, so yes, it's like, it's kind of like messes with you horror, but it also very much has that like same um, like element as far as like Stanley Parable, how you're a character in the game as well um if that makes sense like with stanley parable there's like there's you the narrator and stanley and you're all like characters in the game um and it, it very much feels like that where it's like almost meta where you there's like you another character and then the, the playable character interesting and okay. and like you're all kind of characters in this world and then you have like all of like the like the bosses or like enemies that you're like trying to win against and it is just so it really blew me away at every single point where it's like oh okay like I've beat the game but then it was like you actually have not beat the game and now we're like completely changing the game to a completely okay. aesthetic and then they do it again and then they do it again and it just keeps happening and you're like how is this game still going and still fantastic I, again could not recommend this game more it was amazing Awesome. So go play it. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. Awesome stuff. So thank you guys for bearing with us through this awesome episode of Limitless and our first and <laughs> episode of No Limits and our first episode back with the whole crew together. I know myself. we couldn't talk we couldn't talk shit about anybody. Yeah. It was so disappointing. Myself, Sam and Brianna, after we said some <laughs> horrid things about Sam last week. We did. We did. Like, like that he's bipedal and featherless <laughs> and wears glasses and you know, and his room is four walls and he lives under a roof. You know, I know. These, I can't you're not, you're not wrong. These are the worst times. But, I know. but with that said, thank you so much for listening, everyone. And you can find us at youtube.com slash save the game media. Also, one of your favorite podcast services, just search No Limits, a PlayStation podcast. Check out our Discord our Patreon, and our Extra Life. We are actually approaching uh, November. For listeners who don't know, Extra Life is a big fundraising event where we uh, raise fundraise money for kids with um, cancer and really unfortunate illnesses. And we are a member of the Phoenix Overdrive Extra Life team, and you can freely donate at the link in the show notes. And I'll continue to play this up more and more as we approach November, which is the big fundraising weekend for it. But mm -hmm. yeah, thanks so much for listening, everyone. Uh, you can find everything I just said in the show notes. And until next time, where can people find you, Brie? Um, you can find me at Fabulist Brianna, um, B R E A N N A, pretty much everywhere. Awesome. What about you, Sam? People can find me on Twitter at Sam Heaney. That's H E A N E Y. 
Sweet. And you guys can find me on the Discord for Save the Game Media. Like I said, links down below. And I don't have Twitter because <laughs> I don't. So yeah, that's that. <laughs> every week. Every yeah. week. That's so much. Uh, thanks so much for listening, everyone. Uh, until next time, once again, have a good one.